Thank you, Brother Tony. What a great joy it is for me to be with the Bobby Branch congregation. Uh, Jet and I have looked forward to this, and I want to express my appreciation uh, to the elders of the congregation uh, for their invitation to be with you and to be a part of this gospel meeting. Uh, it is always a joy for me and Janet to come to uh, Warren County. Uh, our daughter, she says, you know, Dad, I don't understand why you just don't build a house there uh, because we are here quite often. Uh, but we want you to know uh, what a joy it is for us to be able to be with you and to be a part of this gospel meeting. It's always a joy. I love Warren County. I love the folks of Warren County. I love the dedication that you have. Uh, to the kingdom of God, and I want you to know uh, how much I appreciate uh, you inviting me to be with you this week. I uh, came in last night, and right in the parking lot of the motel, uh, I get out to go in to get everything set up. My wife's sitting in the car. She looks up on the billboard. She said, that's not the guy I came over here with. But at any rate, uh, <laughs> no, we really appreciate the efforts that you have put forth uh, in advertising this meeting and trust that as we study the Bible together, uh, that it'll be a source of strength and encouragement to you. That is our goal and our desire. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And that's what our determination is. And that is to take the message of the Bible and to plant it into the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, and motivate them to obey the gospel of Christ. So thank you very, very much. Uh, Brother Tony, thank you for the uh, encouragement and all that he has done. He's been a great encouragement to me uh, in the preparation of this meeting, and I want him to know how much I appreciate that. Uh, you know, you come to Warren County, of course, one of the first questions I always get is, are you kin to Roy Acuff? Uh, I mean, invariably, and I was holding a meeting here in the county out in one of the congregations, and uh, the lady who said this to me, I, I know her well, she's very kind, she's aware that I tell this sometimes, but I was, I got through preaching and standing in the foyer shaking hands, and she came out, and she said, uh, Brother Acuff, are you kin to Roy Acuff? I said, yes, ma'am, but I can't sing. She said, well, he couldn't either, and so uh, I'm not going to sing the great speckled bird of the Wabash Cannonball. You know, being in the congregation at Bible, this not being my first time, uh, I'm reminded of the fellow who got in a taxi. Uh, when he got into the taxi, gave the taxi driver the address to where he wanted to go, and uh, they're going down the road, and he reaches up and taps the taxi driver on the shoulder. Well, when he does, that driver goes berserk. I mean, uh, he loses control of the car. It goes up on the curb, nearly hits a pole, almost ran into a building. And he, he got it stopped, and he turned around to the pastor. He said, don't ever do that again. And the pastor said, I'm sorry. I, did, I, 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 I didn't mean it. And he said, well, sir, I'm sorry. He said, I shouldn't be so harsh. He said, this is my first day driving a taxi. He said, for 25 years I've driven a hearse. And so, uh, you know, you, this is not my first day here. And I want you to know how much that I appreciate being here. As you and I look today, we're going to be focusing our attention today in this lesson as well as in the Bible class and this evening on the family. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, the Bible says God saw that it wasn't good for man to be alone. He said, I will make an help meet for him. As you and I study the Bible, we know the Bible says that God caused all animal creation to pass before Adam. I do not know how Adam did this, 
But I can just kind of imagine that maybe he's sitting on a stump over here somewhere uh, and all of these animals began to pass before him and he said, I'm going to call that a hippopotamus. I'm going to call that a giraffe. That'll be a monkey. I do not know. But the Bible says that all animal creation passed before Adam and there was none suitable unto him. The Bible says God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took a rib and made a woman and brought her unto the man. He said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. When you and I turn to the New Testament in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. If you and I spend our time today looking at Ephesians 5.25, and the Bible says that a husband is to love his wife, even as Christ loved the church. And you and I know that Christ gave His life for the body of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 20, verse number 28. You and I know the Bible says to the elders at Ephesus, Paul said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock with which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. If you and I turn to the book of Ephesians again, in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, the apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He said, It is not good for a man to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. You and I turn to the book of Hebrews chapter number 13. And the Bible says that marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. When you and I turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter number 3, and the Bible teaches us that a wife who has a husband is not one in the preaching of the gospel, that by a chaste life, by living the right life, then she may be able to win him to the cause of Christ. When you and I look at verse number 7, we find the admonition that Peter gives to husbands. And he said, You ought to dwell with them according to knowledge that your prayers be not hindered. You and I know there's no mistake that the Bible clearly teaches us what we need to do and how our families need to function. You and I know that when a family is not right, the congregation cannot be right. And simply because of the fact that a congregation of the Lord's people is made up of families. It is made up of husband and wife. It is made up of husband and wife, son and daughter. It is made up of that family unit that is cohesive, standing firm on the Holy Word of God. So as you and I look at this theme, as you and I look at these lessons today, there are three of them. We're going to be looking today uh, at the foundation. Number one, we're going to be looking at foundations for the family. Then we're going to be looking at the Bible class at fundamentals that stabilize the family. And then this evening, we're going to be looking at factors that destroy the family. 
I mean, you and I look at our families. Husband and wife get into an argument at home on Sunday morning. It's amazing how that we can make this transition. I mean, they're just, maybe they argue and they're feuding, fussing and fighting. uh, And because of their love for the church and love for the Lord, they get in the automobile and they go to the church building. And, I mean, she's sitting on one side of the vehicle, he's sitting on the other, and he may be even sitting out the door if it wasn't for the fact he's driving. And so she's sitting over there, and you, I mean, there is an iceberg right in the middle of them. They have not said a word, but just as soon as the door opens, that automobile in the parking lot of the church, they get, everything's right. No, it's not. You and I look at our families. I simply suggest to us today that as we look at that, we must focus on how we can have a better family and how we can endeavor to do the will of God as a result of that. When you and I look at the foundation for the family. For an example, in the book of Psalm chapter number 82, the Bible says the, the foundation has lost, and I'm paraphrasing, the foundation has lost its course. When you and I read in the book of Job, chapter number 38, in verse number 4, you and I know that God, Job said, you know, God, I'd like to ask you some questions. I I want to know about some things. God said to Job, where were you when I made the foundation of the earth? Ladies and gentlemen, God knows about our lives. God knows about our family. God knows what you and I are doing or not doing. And he asked Job the question, Now where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? You and I can again go to the book of Psalm, and in Psalm chapter 11, verse 3, the good reading we had a few minutes ago, if the foundation be destroyed, then what are the righteous going to do? You and I can turn to the book of Proverbs chapter number 10 and verse number 25, and the Bible simply points out that that the whirlwind takes away the unrighteous and the wicked. But he said the righteous remain firm because of a foundation. In Matthew chapter number 7, the Bible tells us, uh, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, we can back up a little bit, and you and I can look at the Scriptures, and the Bible says, Not every man that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he which doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will come to me in that day, and they'll say, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name do many wonderful works? And I'll profess unto them, I do not know who you are. And then he says, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon the rock. You and I need to build our house. You and I need to build our families upon the rock. Now, I, I know, you know there's a lot of stories told about marriage. I heard about one fellow and uh, somebody said, uh, you know, uh, he said, I, I've been married 25 years and it seemed just like yesterday. He said, you know what a miserable day yesterday was. Well, uh, there are some folks who kind of have that idea. One fellow sitting on the plane with a, another fellow, and, and they're sitting there on the, the plane, and uh, one pastor looks at the other, and he said, Man, said you got your wedding band on the wrong hand. He said, I married the wrong woman. Well, you and I need to understand the foundation and the basis of our families. The foundation, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? 
The devil is out to destroy our families. If the devil can destroy the families in the United States of America, he can destroy this nation. Paul said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil wants nothing more than to see our families destroyed. Now I want you to take a look at some things. I think as you and I look at this, and we look at our world today, there are several things that are taking place in our world, and the devil is endeavoring to destroy our family. 83% increase. In 2002, there was a study about the number of women who gave birth to a child that were living, she was living with a man outside of marriage. If you look at statistics today, you will find out that there are fewer divorces today than there were 10 years. And somebody says, whoa, that's wonderful. Wait a minute. The reason why there are fewer divorces is simply because folks are living together. They are cohabiting. They are committing. Hey, look, call it what it is. They are committing fornication. The Bible says fornication is a sin. When a man and a woman live together and engage in sexual activity outside of the marriage vow, my friend, it is fornication. And the Bible says that one who is a fornicator cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. We don't have time. We could go to Mark 7. We could go to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. You and I can study many. Paul writes about it in the book of First and Second Timothy. But you and I understand that what has happened from 2002 to 2010, there was an 83% increase just this last week. There was a young lady in I believe, Dallas, Texas, somewhere in the, the mid-state Texas area. She lost her job as a school teacher in a quotation mark private Christian school because she was not married and she was pregnant. And there has been an out. Oh, she's going to sue the school. She's got the ACLU there. We're going to sue the school because they fired her because of an ethical breach of what they stood for. Now, the devil is trying to destroy our families, and how is he doing it? That's one of the very ways that he's doing it. 23% of college professors are atheists. That when you and I send our children and our grandchildren, to a school, and I, I realize, folks, I, I'm thankful to God for good college professors. Uh, I had some of them, and I'm sure some of you have done as well. But I know in our area, in the state of Georgia, and you can go just a few miles uh, east, or excuse me, west uh, of Douglasville, where we live, you can go to Carrollton, Georgia, the uh, West uh, University of the State University of West Georgia. And in that, it is filled with college professors who are atheists. 84% of college professors are against intelligent design. Yeah, we, we do not believe in the creation of the Bible. 
Now, my friend, when an individual sits at the feet of one of these men over and over and over again, and they hear the Bible ridiculed, and they hear God ridiculed, and they say, we don't believe in that, and then all of a sudden, what, what, what happens? Why do we have men and women living together outside of marriage? Why do we have so many pregnancies of unmarried men? Is it because we have taught our boys and girls, we have taught them that there is no God. And when folks, ladies and gentlemen, begin to teach that they come from some lower form of animal, it is not very long until they act like that. Once I was a tadpole swimming in the sea. Then I was a monkey swinging from a tree. And now I'm a professor with a Ph.D. They're against intelligent design. It's kind of interesting. 500 million Facebook users. I'm not against Facebook. As a matter of fact, I'm on Facebook. Uh, it, you be careful what you put on Facebook. Did you know that 50% of the users of Facebook are on it every day? I'm t- I believe, I believe, I don't, I don't have my cell, I don't, I can't get on my cell phone. I've still got a rotary cell phone, but at any rate, uh, these, these folks, I mean, you watch them. I mean, I, I, I have posted things on my Facebook. I'm sure they sleep with it. Because in 30 seconds, I get a response. Except when I ask for money. Now, did you know that the average Student, the average young person from, a, from the age of 8 to 18, text 2,899 times in one month. That's 93 times a day. That's six times every hour. So what is the devil doing? I'm, I'm not saying because you text, you're the devil. I'm trying to help us understand that there is an influence that wants to undermine your boys and girls. There is an influence that wants to undermine your uh, relationship with your wife or with your husband. And when you and I look at that kind of a situation, we understand that. one. Now listen to this. One million downloads in five days. The song Born This Way by Lady Gaga. In five days, one... And what is the theme of that song? That it does not make any difference what your sexual orientation is. Doesn't matter. And my friend, then somebody sits and tells me that the devil is not trying to destroy the foundation of the family. I'll be through about four this afternoon. Then we have Bible class. Sixty-six 66% of... 818 users, cell phones. Now look at this. American Academy of Pediatrics. 75% of prime time program on television have sexual content. Somebody says, what? You know, I'm sure that some folks may sit in front of their television some evening and they may watch a program called, quotation marks, Mike and Molly. And Mike and Molly are not married. And Molly's going to have a child. 
And so what it, what's going on? See, what the, what the world, what the devil says, look, if I can desensitize the individuals in America today and I can say, oh, this is normal. It's normal for two folks to live together and have a child outside of marriage and we can find, oh, isn't this marvelous? If the foundation be destroyed, what are the righteous going to do? I challenge us. As God's people, will we be laughed at in all probability? When you and I think about what Jesus said in Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And so what do we see? The devil is destroying. See, we have liberalism in the church. When folks do not have the respect for the Word of God, and they find, well, it doesn't matter if we bring in instrumental music. It doesn't matter if we do this. And so there's liberalism in the church, and our families face that. And then we have humanism in the school, where God is taken out, where the family is ridiculed, where some students do not have, uh, daddy is not living in the home because mom chose to have a child outside of wedlock. And we have paganism in our society. Then do we not understand my friend, that the devil wants to destroy our families. And if he's successful at it, what are the righteous going to do? Turn your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. In chapter number 6, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible said, Hear, O Israel, uh, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy might. And then he says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And then he says, Here's what you need to do. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk about them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them. I love that word bind. I don't have time to pursue it. It reminds me of the word dwell. In Psalm 90, in Psalm 91, the word dwell there, in, and the Bible talks about uh, that we will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. That word dwell means to sit, to remain, to stay. And so when you and I look at that word bind, and he said, I'm going to bind these on their heart. You bind them on their heart. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Now I want you to look at three things very quickly. Number one, the Lord our God is one Lord. If you and I are going to have a family that we ought to have, we must recognize the God of heaven. I am the, God said to Abraham, I am the Almighty God. The Bible says, except the Lord build the city, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. Don't you, don't you like that? Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Now I want you to look at three things here. Number one, the heart. He says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Now look at three words. If you and I are going to build our families, then we must have 
a respect for the Holy Word of God. It must be sincere. Mom and Dad, I'm going to tell you something. Your children can spot a phony in a hurry. Oh, Brother Tony, we love the church. I like the poem. I don't have it memorized. I love the Lord. He's on my mind. I love Him Sunday morning, but not on Sunday night. You know, you, you tell your boys and girls, Oh, oh Brother Acuff, we love the Bible. We tell her, I love the Bible. Really? How long has it been since you had a family devotion where you read the Bible with your family? See, that word selfless, notice that he says, with all thy soul. Uh, I mean, folks, that is the very inner concept of man. Selfless. He is first. God created the heaven and the earth. He is a destroyer. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of forgiveness. And when you and I make God the number one priority, my friend, in our lives, and as Moses called the children of Israel, and he said, you're going into, the, you're going into this land. God has promised you. Do not forget it. Do not forget what I'm telling you. Do not forget that you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. That's strong. You know why? The devil's going to come knocking on your door. How does he do it? <laughs> well, television. Average, average family has it on six hours a day, and most families watch it during meals. And so when you and I look at this, and we see that a foundation has been provided. So when I take the message of the Bible, and I see the God of the Bible as the foundation of my family, then I am going to begin to see a change in our society and in our world. Now I want you to notice something secondly, and that is, that there is a formula prescribed. We have a foundation, but now there is a formula that takes place. Have you ever, you know, you see all these books, ten ways. Hey, I, I read recently uh, one book, uh, it's called Plugged In Parenting. How do you, how do you maneuver through uh, a media savage child, uh, or a savage, excuse, a media savage child? See, I'm not technically minded. Mama said, Larry, get away from that wheelbarrow. You don't know nothing about machinery. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not technically minded. And I, I, one day I'd gotten a new phone, and, and I had it in the console, you know, between the, the passenger and the, and the driver's seat, and my granddaughter sitting over there, and she said, Pa, you got a new phone? I said, yeah. And in 30 seconds, she had changed the ringtone, made a video, and called 25 people. Why? Well, they know how to do it. And so when you and I look at if we're going we're to have our family, we're going to have a strong family, one that loves the Lord our God with our heart, with our soul, and with our might. Now then, how are we going to do it? Well, let me give you some suggestions. These words Moses said that I command you. Now we're going to just quickly go this. They must be convincingly that thou shalt talk about them when thou riseth up and sitteth down. 
You know what he's saying? If I am convinced about it in my heart, then I... Have you ever have you ever met someone and they're trying to sell you on something and they're not convinced of it? <laughs> well, here, here's this nice car. You want to buy it? Uh, we'll take your money. No, man. You go in there and that fellow said, hey, let me, let me show you something. And he said, look, you this. this car got power seats. Not only are they power seats, but they will warm up in the wintertime. You can hit that button. I remember to, to the eldership of Bremen, Georgia, one time had gone over to, to uh, East uh, Georgia. We supported the work in Washington, Georgia. And they had gone over there to uh, check on the work that we supported. And so one of the elders was driving back in the automobile of another elder. The elder owned the automobile, wasn't driving. Another elder. And so he, they were driving back, and, and Brother Bonner would, would reach up, and he'd turn, the, he'd turn the heat down, you know. And, and then he finally kept turning it down and finally opened the window. And he got, he got back, he said, man, I, he said, I never could get that. Brother Jesse said, uh, Brother Ed, uh, your seat is heated. You should have turned the seat down. So a guy says, man, look at that seat. It'll heat up. Look, look what the, if this car gets 450 miles a gallon. How convinced are you that this book will guide? How convinced am I when the Bible said, your fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? How do I do it creatively? Now, boys and girls, sit down. We're going to read the Bible. That's good. And we need to do that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He may. That's fine. There's a place to do that. But are we doing it creatively? When thou sittest, when thou walkest, when thou liest down. Uh, see, it's not just a matter of saying, okay, okay, boys, we're going we're gonna to read the Bible right now. It's got to be creatively. You know why? If you look at what the the media is doing with our children and our families. Somebody said, now, Brother Acuff, they don't have that much influence. Uh huh. What do you think they spend three or four million dollars for a 30 second ad on the Super Bowl? They don't have any influence. I don't have time. I can, I can prove the influence consistently and conspicuously. Consistently, notice that, that he uses the word there in Deuteronomy. He uses that word diligent. And so we plant that word convincingly, creatively, consistently, and conspicuously. Now, I, I, I was fortunate. I grew up with a family. Mom and dad loved the Bible and they loved the church. But I'm going to have to be honest. My parents, I, I, I'll tell you, I. I, I I don't worry. I, I made my grandfather. He loved the Bible. I had an uncle. Man, he loved the Bible. Uh, my, I had a, his name was Mitchell Merriman. You could not talk with Uncle Mitchell five minutes without hearing the Bible. As a matter of fact, when he prayed, I remember one time he was waiting on the Lord. I was preaching where he was an elder, and he was waiting on the table. And he prayed during the, for the Lord's Supper. And he said, Lord, help us seek first. And he quoted, uh, help us seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He said, and then he said, Matthew 6.33. After the service, I said, Uncle Mitch, I want to ask you a question. I noticed you quoted Matthew 6.33. And then you said where it was found. Don't you think God knows where it is? 
I was a little smart, just kidding with you. He said, Larry, yes, but somebody in the audience might not know that. See, what is he doing? He is making it creatively and conspicuously. Now then, let's look at one more. In the book of Deuteronomy 5, verse number 29, Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me. Fear is pleaded. That they would fear me. Now, that word fear in Deuteronomy 5, 29 is not a, Oh, I'm, I'm scared to death. I've got to go high. It is a reverence. It is an awe. And so... Moses is writing and he's saying, if you will fear, if you will have respect, if you will, st- do I stand in awe? Oh, I can. Do we stand in awe of God? Do we, st- I can, I'll tell you what, I stood in awe of a man whom I love dearly, and that's Brother V.P. Black. Oh, what a tremendous gospel preacher he was. He and I were on the same program. This was back, I don't know, four, five, six years ago down in Chattanooga, Chattanooga Choo Choo and polishing the pulpit. He and I both speaking the elders. What a great blessing it was to be able to, to, to let him know. I, and I told him, I said, Brother Black, you, I, I love you and I appreciate it. And I, I said, Brother Black, I can remember the first time I ever heard you preach in 1959 at the West End Church in Montgomery, Alabama. I said, I can tell you the title of your sermon and I can give you the four points of that sermon right now. Why? Because I stood in awe of Brother V.P. Black. My friend today, do you and I stand in awe of God? When I stand in awe of God, when I am ready to worship Him in spirit and in truth, I am ready to lift my voice in prayer and I am ready to live for Him then I'm going to see a dramatic change in my families. You can get your songbook. We're going to sing the song of encouragement. If you're here this morning and you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ, for my family and yours to be the kind of family that it ought to be, do you and I respect the God of heaven? Have we taken His Word and made the application in our life by faith and we're willing to change our life by repentance to confess His name before men and to be baptized into Christ for the remission of sin? And we're going to talk about this later today. But you see, when you and I have that reverence for the will of God and His Word, our family is going to be different. I want you to look at this. There are no silver bullets when it comes to building a family. A wedding is a piece of cake. It's easy. It just takes a few minutes of time. Marriage and family will take you a lifetime. A wedding is an event. A marriage and a family is an accomplishment. If you're subject to the invitation, will you come now? While together we stand and sing.